0: For the win, it's good! Fires over the middle, Curlins it, at the goal line! Touchdown Miners!
1: This is the Mind Shaft, a UTEP football podcast, part of the Republic of Football Network. Now here's your host,
0: Colin Deaver, and former UTEP kicker, Gavin Beckley. We have made it against all odds. It is game week for the UTEP Miners, another week zero clash. I believe this is the third season in a row the Miners have played a week zero game. They're one in one of those games the last two years. This is the Mineshaft podcast, a Republic of Football podcast brought to you by Dave Campbells. I'm your host, Colin Deaver, alongside my co-host, Gavin Beckley, here to preview what we think is going to be a very good game. Vegas agrees with us. It's a uh, one-point spread at this point in favor of the UTEP Miners. Uh, Gavin, we have to take care of our uh, housekeeping first. If you are a new listener to this podcast, or even if you've listened to every episode, you can get 15% off all UTEP Miners home field apparel on first-time purchases using the promo code Mineshaft. Uh, at checkout, so I know Gavin and I are still awaiting our shirts. I got an email that the uh, that they are in the mail. Nice. So we we should be getting them soon. Just, uh, they have just had so many
1: orders flood in after getting this fifteen percent off code that you should use.
0: I, I that's definitely the issue. Um, they should they should give us more than fifteen percent, you know, <laughs> than, of the cut. But yeah, fifteen percent off using the promo code Mindshaft. Uh, for any home field apparel, um, they have some really good stuff. I got a Texas Western 1966 championship shirt, Gavin. You got what the light blue shirt with the Pegasus, yeah, the minor like flying that. Pegasus, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. It's so a cool ass shirt, yeah. So, but yeah, big, um, they don't want to hear us talk about t shirts, they want to hear us talk about football. And, um, last time the Miners played football, Gavin, you were on the team, it was a very disappointing game at UTSA, a 24 to nothing lead that. Uh, turned into a defeat, unfortunately, um, for the miners. So they will be trying to get that bad taste out of their mouths, um, in this week zero clash. First of all, I want to ask you about that. Having been a part of these week zero games, what is that like? I mean, is it cool playing when very few teams are, um, and is the preparation at all different because you're going a week earlier?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different. Um, since there's only a, a couple of games on, um, every week zero so it's the preparation everything is still the same but it's uh it's definitely you know going into the game that there's going to be a lot more people watching um because it is one of those uh first very first games of college football and everyone is is very uh in tune and and ready to go and fired up about just watching football so uh preparation everything is the same but you you definitely do kind of get that feeling that Especially now that it's on a national stage, that uh, there's there's more eyes on you than there has been.
0: Does that bring an added pressure to it? For, you know, I mean, I, I'll the North Texas game comes to mind from last year. I think it was on Stadium, which is national. This year's game is on CBS Sports Network. But was did like were you guys maybe overly aware of it last year?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think that it's kind of one of those things that you're like it's in the back of your mind going into the game but as soon as you step on that field like you're not worried about that you're not like oh i just made a huge play on national television no that's not really going in your in your head you kind of forget about it and, until like after the game whenever you want to go on youtube and look up the highlights and stuff and then that's when when it's on like national television you get the actual highlights and stuff rather than just like the cusa edited highlights so it's definitely it's definitely something that I think we did think of, but not not too much into it.
0: Well, and obviously, too, last year against North Texas, it was tough because you had the, the rain delay and then, you know, warmups were like truncated. Like it was it was just a really there's all this buildup in the weeks and months previous or prior to the game. And then game day, it was just like, oh, OK, we're playing now, I guess. So it was that I'm sure that threw you guys, maybe maybe threw you guys off. So hopefully the weather cooperates in Jacksonville this week. I know it's gonna be hotter, hotter than hell, like 99 degrees plus humidity at kickoff at 330, 430 uh central time. So um, but that'll be very interesting. But yeah, very cool that they'll be able to be on national television again and and um kick off the season. Um we'll be chatting with Mike Paris, the Jack State play-by-play guy who's been in that seat for 41 years coming up later in the show. He provided some fantastic insight to their program. Um, he's watched them rise all the way from NCAA division two now to FBS football. So he has a really good lo- uh, feel for what that program is. But uh, so we'll get over the, get kind of the scattering report on Jacksonville state in a little bit, but we'll do the UTEP angle first. Um, Gavin, you know, you know, this team really well. Very experienced. I don't know if we harped enough in the uh, first few episodes just about just how experienced this team is. Um, If you look at the two deep, there are 300 total starts across the two deep. So that's that's guys that you'd think are going to play quite a bit this year, and there's a lot of experience. And because of that, and John Teicher said it last week, he said he was stunned when he saw they were picked sixth. I hadn't even – totally realized how much experience was on the roster and now like I think that they're flying maybe too far under the radar I knew I already thought they were flying under the radar I think it's even farther under the radar than they they should be but how much is that experience do you think going to help them this week and kind of what are your thoughts on um, you know the under the
1: radar aspect of this team yeah I mean definitely experiences is, is probably one of the biggest things other than actual technical ability because you can work out and do all the preparation needed but as soon as you kind of step step in between those lines on the field it's you're you can't really do anything to prepare for that it's it's a whole different beast and I mean it's just like like anything whenever whether it's kicking quarterback play running back it's just you step out there and you're like okay this is it like this is real and you can just it's it's no unlike no feeling that, that I've had before stepping out there um so yeah definitely experience is is huge and i feel that with the miners in the two deeps having 300 plus starts and or um just field play and everything i feel like that's that's going to be huge whenever it comes to uh to kind of keeping their composure out there and and kind of the flow of the game because if you're kind of the first year out there you you kind of don't fully know how, how the game flows and everything um until you're you kind of get a little bit of experience. So definitely definitely uh the upper hand for for UTEP out there. So I feel that that this experience will will kind of bring them over some teams that are more inexperienced than than they are. Looking at this Jacksonville
0: state team, uh we were talking before we started recording. They ran the ball almost 70% of the time last year. They averaged 173 uh yards per game, nine and two a year ago. Um, so there's reason for them to believe that they can be a pretty good squad this year, even though they're coming up from the FCS level. And I think that that is going to be probably the biggest aspect of this game is the line of scrimmage um, when UTEP is on off, especially on defense because of how Jacksonville State ran the ball last year, but also You know, for them, offensively, too, this is a really experienced offensive line. They're huge. There's a couple of guys, Andrew Meyer, Elijah Klein, that might be playing in the NFL next year, in my opinion. Um, So we'll start defensively uh, for UTEP. You know, a team I'm looking at make sure I have this right. They gave up 136 rushing yards per game defensively last year, which is pretty good. Is there a number you're looking at that they might need to hold Jacksonville State to, again, a very good uh, run team with an experienced quarterback to kind of make sure that they're in control of the game?
1: Yeah, I would say if they can hold them probably around 200, 250 yards um, rushing and kind of force them to, to throw the ball a little more, get them out of their comfort zone. I feel like that's going to be huge. So I feel like um, a lot of the front nine is going to be, you know, or sorry, front seven is gonna be gonna be huge for, for the miners in in trying to stop that run because I feel that if you're a team throwing the ball or running the ball seventy percent of the time and and you have to kind of switch up and, and start throwing the ball because you're behind or the run game's not working, then that kind of puts you in in an uncomfortable position that you're not used to having basically putting the game in the back, in the hands of the quarterback. Um and I'm not sure if this this quarterback's been there, if he's experienced or not, but but definitely feel that whenever you kind of put the put the um, ball into into a person's hands, that it's not as good as whenever you can just kind of hand the ball off and and let the ten other guys kind of kind of do the work. Yeah, Zion Webb for Jacksonville State, he's like Frank Harris
0: from UTSA uh, in that he's been there for seven years, been pretty up and down, but he's dealt with some injuries. Run definitely a run first guy um, through nine interceptions last year, so a little bit turnover prone. But again, they run the ball. 70% of the time. So he's certainly going to be pretty athletic in in that aspect of it. So, yeah, you're right. If you can force him to throw, I mean, nine interceptions last year, plus you're getting moved up to what would, in theory, be better competition playing FBS football, that might lend itself to some even more turnovers. The other thing, too, is time of possession, I think, is going to be huge because Jacksonville State averaged only 25 minutes of, of time with the football last year. Obviously, you know. UTEP wants to control uh, time of possession. Third they had the ball almost 34 minutes a game last year, which would be over the half the game. Um do you think that their ability uh to control the clock um is going to be big in this game, big in this game because I th- I think there's an opportunity again with the offensive line and the running backs UTEP has that they'll be able to just kind of wear Jacksonville State down in the run game as the game goes on.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel that. That one of the things that UTEP does really well is kind of controlling the the clock in the run game. Um with that, just kind of taking their time up to the ball, running, getting four or five yards, um, taking three three downs to get a first down and kind of just running that clock there. They're they're pretty good whenever it comes to doing stuff like that. Then rather than going three and out with pass plays and taking twenty seconds off off on the clock in three plays. Um, so I feel that that's going to be that's going to be a big deal for them whenever it comes to kind of controlling the clock and, and having the ball as, as long as they can. Because I feel like the the more we have the ball, the more successful that UTEP has been rather than just these quick little drives, rather um, just holding the ball, these long, meticulous drives that, that hopefully will end in, in a touchdown or at least a field goal. The other thing that I had
0: totally forgotten about until Coach Dimmel mentioned it earlier today, did you know that the they're they're going to the NFL um, like time rule? So, like, you know, in the NFL, when you get a first down, the clock does not stop. Yeah. College football, I had completely forgotten. College football is going to that this year. So, that will be another interesting factor in terms of, like, game management, Yeah, um, how they handle that. But also, to your point about managing, you know, controlling – um, you know, the clock, if you're, if you're really rolling on a drive, I mean, UTEP could take up eight to 10 minutes of the, of the clock anyways, but maybe, you know, you add to it because of the new
1: rule. Yeah, no, I mean, the, I feel like the new rule is, is just going to speed up the game. It's not gonna, I would say probably like 20 minutes if it's, especially on primetime, like when we played Oklahoma, it was like a, a little over four hour game, I believe. So I feel like it'll cut off 20-30 minutes just of that some of that downtime by by just keeping the clock running um on first downs that is and everything like that I feel like it won't really it'll make the game faster more up tempo um just because obviously if if the clock's rolling and you're running out of bounds for a first down or whatever and then it's still rolling you're gonna have to kind of speed up and and get back to where you were or if not the the clock's gonna kind of wind down but I feel like that's kind of in in UTEP's advantage the way that we have been able to to hold the ball and manage the clock uh in the in the previous seasons all right let's get into the next portion of
0: this um you you'll start and I'll, I'll go after you give me two areas for UTEP where you are absolutely confident heading into Saturday that they'll be
1: able to excel against Jacksonville State uh yeah so one I'll go on offense I'll go definitely the O-line that one's that one's gonna be huge um with all their experience and and all the hype that's kind of around them uh this year i feel like that's going to be um a part that we're not going to really have to worry about because i feel like they're going to be able to to control up front and and start off on our run game and kind of get all that working um and then i would say the second piece is on the flip side is going to be our d line i feel that they're going to have a a a big day whenever it comes to trying to stop the run because it's going to be there is going to be so many runs and everything 70% like we said earlier um so i feel that that that's something that we're not going to have to worry about because since i've been there they've been only getting better and only improving especially with with uh, a lot of experience um on the d line and especially some some new heads that can definitely make a make a big impact here in this first game so i'm kind of excited to see how how our offensive line and our defensive line kind of hold out
0: yeah i'm going to go I'll just- follow your lead and do one offense one defense offensively it's fairly similar i'm confident they're going to be able to run the football um because of what you said with the offensive line but also i mean there's just multiple running backs in there that um as we've talked about all fall camp that are going to be able to get it done deon hankins i think could have, could go over 100 yards i love how Torrance burgess and mike franklin kind of look as like the um, the backup running backs to Dion when he needs a little bit of a break. I'm really curious to see how they use Torrance as a different kind of like a scat back. Maybe they send him in motion and throw him quick screen passes to get him out in space. Um, I think that there's multiple different ways you can use them. So I'm I'm very confident that for sure in this game that they'll be able to run the football, um, and get things done. And then defensively, uh, you said the defensive line, the secondary is the thing that we've been worried about, but I'm actually. Uh, I would say I'm pretty confident at least in this game that they'll be able to control things again. Jacksonville State's not going to be running or excuse me, throwing the football as much as maybe other teams that UTep's going to face this year. But when they do, I think that that unit is going to be ready. Tory Richardson's back. Uh Kobe Hilton has been holding things down. Uh see, it feels like he's been here for th- 4 years at this point, but it's really just last year, but he 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 held things down pretty good back there last year. Um so I do I do like what they have. And again, they probably won't have to face that many passes um, against this team that Richard Again, they want to run, they want to the, run the ball and, and go as fast as possible. Um, but I think when they are facing, you know, passes, I, I do have some confidence in the secondary to do that. Um, let's do two areas that make you a little bit nervous for the minors um, this week. And I'll, I'll go first on this one. Mine would be you're playing in a, what will be a hostile environment. It's going to be very hot And Jacksonville state wants to play, um, up tempo. I do worry about fatigue and conditioning, um, for this team again, although, I mean, they have a lot of depth back um, from last year. Dana's constantly said that this is the deepest team that he's had, but first game of the year, there might be some jitters for some guys on the defense. I do worry a little bit about that. Um, just how they manage like the, the pace, that jack state might play with and then the other aspect and i'm sorry if i'm stealing your thunder here until we see our guy kick i uh i will worry about it uh you have it you know brand new kicker and you know you you set the standard pretty high your your five years at utep so he's got a lot he's got a lot to live up to i have no doubt that he can do it but i need to see him do it and it's it's just different so those those would be the two things that
1: i'm worried about what about you yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um from experience it's always kind of um a little scary, a little nerve-wracking coming in um to a new place and and trying to start off and and kick. Um he has been here a year, but I'm telling you there's there's nothing that kind of competes to the the game feel rather than in practice. Um so I would say yeah, one no I know that he can do it, but it's just that he has to to prove not to everyone but just himself that he can do it and I know that Whenever he kind of steps out on that field and, and is able to to kind of lock it down and get some experience in that that he'll definitely definitely thrive. But it's just it's just kind of one of those things that you are worried about, but they just have to get get under their belt and get on a roll. And and I know that whenever he does that, that'll that'll definitely help it uh help him out, whether that's uh inconsistency wise or just breaking the nerves and everything. Um and then I would say the the second piece. Um, I would say, honestly, for me, would be the, the DBs. And just the fact yeah. that um, just just because Jacksonville does run the ball so much that I just don't want them to kind of get lulled to sleep and then they get beat on on a big play just because they're so used to trying to stop the run and trying to fill in there um, that they kind of run a play-action pass in one of our corners or, or – um safeties kind of get get lulled to sleep a little bit and they get beat over the top so that, that's just, those are just my two what i think got gotcha. you now let's do uh i do a
0: segment on ktsm every week uh major keys for a minor victory it's people might be familiar with that i usually do three or four on television uh we'll keep it to two like the uh like we have been for the rest of it so Gavin, i'll let you go first what are your two major keys for a minor
1: victory on saturday um, I would say one of my keys is just controlling the front, whether that's on offense or defensive line. Um, I feel like that's that's definitely going to be one of the the biggest biggest things for for UTEP, whether it's um trying to run the ball or trying to pass block, and or getting to the quarterback on defense and and trying to stop the run. Um, so that's one of them. I would say the the second key is just it is the first game. Um, so I would say clock management is going to be huge since, since, uh, it's a lot, a lot different than, than what practice is like, because you're not going to get flags in practice for going over the play clock and everything. So it's going to be interested to see, cause I know getting out there all the timings, not like you're used to. Um, so I know that the getting out there is a little different and it's going to take them a, a couple drives to kind of settle in, but but I just want to see kind of better play clock management. Clock management is, is in as a whole than we did see last year.
0: Yeah, I think those are good ones. Um, I'm gonna go with my first one. I want to see them get off to a good start, which was a struggle last year. Um, I, which is weird because I thought the year before you guys did a pretty good job of um, of starting pretty well. You know, scoring on a first drive, whether it was a touchdown or or a field goal, what have you last year kind of got away from that. Um, so this year, especially, you know, you're going into a place, it's going to be pretty hostile environment, their first FBS game, national television, you got to get off to a good start and kind of stomp out their hope early. I think, um, they certainly have the talent to do it. Um, they have the experience to do it. So they just, I just need to see it happen. Um, and that would be my first key is just getting off to a good start. I felt like a broken record saying it last year. Um, but it and it just it just never really happened. But I think that that is I think that's going to be massive for them this year if they can you know get get on the board early with some points, uh, in the first quarter to uh, on Saturday, and then yeah the second the second one, uh, you, I was gonna go clock management, uh, but you took it. I'm gonna go timeout management, um, yeah. which is kind of along the same same lines, um, but especially with the new rule where the, you know, the clock doesn't stop after a first down, you need to be a little bit more aware of that. Um, and, you know, cause the play clock's going to start, maybe it'll start a little faster and, um, you just don't want to be seeing like a first and 10 or a second and eight at midfield. And then all of a sudden you're having to use a timeout early in the third quarter cause, um, you weren't paying attention. So I want to see better, yeah, better timeout management. And then, um, good uh, getting off to a good start lastly before we uh go and bring on mike paris from jacksonville state a moment of truth gavin what is your prediction for saturday give me a scoreline all
1: right a scoreline i'm gonna say both teams are gonna start off pretty slow it's gonna be kind of one of those regular first games um, of the new of the new year so i'm gonna say this one this one is still going to be a little a little close, but not as close as Vegas seems. I'm going to say that it's going to be 27-17 to 17, the UTEP minors are going to take it.
0: Gavin's on record, 27-17 in favor of UTEP. I think it's going to be a little higher scoring both ways. I still have UTEP winning, though. I'm going to go 31-27 in favor of the minors. Um, They sneak out of there With a win Again, I think This is going Again, this is a good Jacksonville State team They're 9-2 and two last year They've got a quarterback Coming back They've got good skill players Um, You'll hear Mike Paris In a second He says that their uh, Wide receivers are better Than they were a year ago But at the end of the day I think the line of scrimmage Is where it's going to be won And I think UTEP Will control that Both offensively And uh, defensively Gavin, before we Toss it up to Mike Paris
1: Anything else you want to add About UTEP? Uh, just good luck, boys. I know that you guys have been, have been working your butts off, uh, in the, in the off season and, and fall camp and everything, but go, go let everyone know that what we've been working on and and show what we've been, what we have been putting our, our minds and our bodies to, and, and let's go start the season off. Right. Spoken like a guy who just graduated six months ago. <laughs> I love it.
0: All right. Gavin Beckley, Colin Deaver here with you. Uh, really excited for this one on Saturday. Uh, can't wait to see what transpires um, in Jacksonville on Saturday afternoon. Coming up after the break, we'll have Mike Paris, who has been the Jacksonville State radio play-by-play broadcaster for the last 41 years. Back here on the Mind Shaft podcast, we are joined by the voice of the Jacksonville State Gamecocks for the last 41 years, Mike Paris. He says he's seen the good, the great, the bad, uh, with the Gamecocks over the last few years, and they are very excited for this upcoming Saturday in Jacksonville, their first game at the FBS level, hosting, of course, the UTEP Miners in their first game in Conference USA. Mike, I want to talk to you a little bit about the transition to Conference USA, but first, you know, 41 years, you said you when you started, Jacksonville State was Division II. You've seen them at the FCS level, and now you'll get to see them at the FBS level. What has that been like watching this program over the last – Forty some years, as they've kind of risen up the ranks of college athletics.
2: Oh, uh, I knew nothing about. Well, let me back up. I knew a little bit about Jacksonville State, but had never been to a game and and really, you know, do nothing other than a couple of guys that attended my high school had one that played football, another played baseball there. So, uh, and I, I'll be honest, my first game was in 1983, where at Chattanooga played UTC, and I never dreamed at that point in time in the press box that wasn't any bigger than uh, where I'm sitting at my desk right here I guess uh I never thought we'd be uh, division one at that point in time but uh we've had some people who you know had some vision and and it worked out pretty well for us with all that's going on now you know in the in the last few weeks as, as far as uh FBS football the power fives and what's happening with the fact 12 so um you know we had some we were very successful the uh, in all of our sports, quite honestly, the last five or seven years at the Division II level, we had some growing pains. We moved to Division I. We played what was then one A football and, and FCS. And uh, I guess in, in all honesty, I'm not sure some of our people realized what it was going to take from a revenue or financial standpoint in making the transition. And we had some growing pains. But then once we got it figured out, you know, we were pretty successful there. Uh, and football, basketball took us a little bit longer. Uh, baseball, we've had some success there. And uh, I think we're better positioned in making the move now to FBS football. I'm not sure how that's going to translate to wins and losses on the field. But I think we're in a much better position to make this move than we were to do that back in 1995. Why do you feel that way? Because obviously that jump
0: to FBS is, is, a, is a big one for, for any team. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, I think – the majority of FCS teams, no matter how successful you've been at that level, there's going to be some sort of adjustment period um, right. to the FBS level. But why do you feel a little
2: better about this jump than you did when they made the move from D2 to FCS? Well, Facilities for one thing, our facilities are much better from a football standpoint and baseball standpoint. Uh, Basketball is not great, but it's better than it was. We did our Coliseum a few years back and made it look more really like a, a basketball arena. So Softball has got a great facility. So I, I think from that standpoint, we're better suited that way. And I think everybody, because we've been Division One, and, and if CS football is Division One, people don't recognize, I guess, realize that, you know, just a level below. But uh, And playing at the the level we've played at, uh, Division One now, going back to 1995, I, I just think that we know what's expected. I'm not saying we're going to come out and go, you know, eight and four this year, or nine and three or anything like that as far as the schedule and in Conference USA. But and I got no idea because I don't know anything outside of Western Kentucky and middle, you know, our proximity to them were three, three and a half hours in middle Tennessee and roughly four or four and a half in western Kentucky. Uh, so I know about them and we played them in the past uh, as well. Um uh, and I know both of them have had good programs. And outside of Liberty, because we played them in the last few years, I really don't know much about anybody else in the league in Conference USA. Uh, I think, you know, come Saturday at 4.30 uh, Central Time anyway, we'll we'll have our hands full, obviously, with, with uh, the Miners. Um, and we've got, uh, you know, just looking at our squad this year, uh, I think size-wise we're probably not as big as we're going to need to be up front on both sides of the football. I think that's a concern going in. But, again, I, I just think we've got a better uh, a better s- a balance, a better sense, just better footing of where we are as an overall athletic program as we transition to Conference USA.
0: Obviously, Rich Rodriguez, you know, college football fans, know who he is from his days at West Virginia, Michigan, um, and Arizona, kind of brought in, right, to help do this transition. Would you feel as confident as you are if he was not the head coach, like do you, does he make that big of a difference?
2: I, I, yeah. In some ways I would say, yes, he does. But now he's never been in a situation like this, as you said, you know, West Virginia, now he built it up, but then he goes to the the big house, you know, there, and then Arizona has some success. I think this, and even going back to his previous coaching days, I don't think he's ever been in a situation like this or moving from one level to another. So, uh, the fact that he's got experience uh, in FBS football and in particular at the power five, I think that helps us tremendously. Uh, I th- and again, uh, recruiting wise, uh, we're not where we need to be with the, I, I don't think from top to bottom, the quality of, of talent that we need, but he knows that and his staff knows that. And I think that's a plus for us at this point in time. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's been around, he's, he's been in the pressure cooker, so to speak. And I think that just helps with all this as we make the move. I know in speaking with uh, UTEP
0: coaches and players, they're all pretty impressed by Jacksonville States. um, Just kind of overall team speed. I know, you know, offensively, you guys put up some major numbers last year and really, I think that's kind of been the trend um, for a, a lot of years, nine and two a season ago, you were talking, you obviously made the FCS national title game within the last decade. Um, so a very successful program at the FCS level, what do you think maybe the biggest difference, um, for this team is going to be as they move up to the FBS level?
2: Like the, I guess the, maybe the most difficult part of the transition. I think the first part is, and especially this year is depth. What kind of depth we have? I'm not sure, you know, I think we can match up maybe with the ones and some of the twos, but I think, you know, if you, there's some spots maybe number two on the depth chart may not be what we we need to make it and, and be successful at the FBS level. I think that's one thing. Uh, and, you know, I don't, the travel in this league is going to be a little different than uh, what we've been accustomed to quite yeah. So we had a couple yeah. of trips uh, in previous leagues. And I just, uh, I don't know, that may play a part in it. And, uh, again, the level of competition, I'll be quite honest, last year, uh, you know, we'd been in the OVC, from the time we uh, – uh from 2003 until two years ago, we joined the ASUN, Um And the, I'll just say the quality of the opponent in the ASUN is not what it What, uh, what we're going to see at Conference USA. So, there's some concern, I think, there, you know, just to, to what we're going to line up against week in, week out. You brought up the travel and
0: con- the joke about Conference USA for years and years is that it makes no sense. And now it looks like it was just on the cutting edge of things. The way things are going now, but
2: true, good point.
0: So, I guess you obviously Zion Webb, um, guy who's been there for a while, uh, injured what injured 2021 is that correct? Didn't in 2021. Yeah. He actually
2: had missed two seasons, he missed 21. Uh, if you go back, we actually played in FCS football during the pandemic. You could play four non-conference games in the fall of 20. That's right. I forgot about that. We played a spring schedule. Your conference schedule was in the spring then in 21. So we went uh, three and one, beat FIU at their place, as a matter of fact, down there in October of 20. Only game we lost was at Florida State, and we led them late third quarter in that game in 20, and uh, uh, then won two other games against FCS opponents. And then we go on and win the league in in 21 in the spring. And we're playing Delaware in the uh, second round of the FCS playoffs in 21. So that would have been in May of 21. And Zion gets hurt in the second series, I think, was when he went down in the first quarter of the game. We lose the game. And Delaware, I thought, was uh, a very good team. I still believe if we don't lose him that we probably win that football game. So he would miss all the fall of 21, and that because he missed other season, uh, another season with an injury is how he got the waiver for his seventh year and the pandemic included in that, you know, as well. So uh, he's a guy to me from what I've seen so far, uh, the practices I've been at, the scrimmages. He is much more comfortable, much more relaxed. And maybe you go back to – he walked on our campus in 2017, that was when he came to school at Jacksonville State. It's incredible to me. UTEP's got has got, got a couple of guys like that too. Really? it's and uh, we've got Jeremiah Harris who started at safety. He was a walk on when he came to Jacksonville State 2017. This is his seventh year. He's he missed a couple of seasons with injuries as well. Uh, but back to Zion, I just think having a year in Rich Rod's offense last year and this is Rich Rod's offense. It's it's what he developed when he was at West Virginia and it worked for him there and then at Michigan with Denard Robinson who had great numbers you know a quarterback during that time yeah. and then he had su- some success in Arizona but the fact he's been in the system two years and I think this is probably the healthiest he's been going into a season since 2017 which was his true freshman year and obviously his seventh year he's what I don't know 23 24 years old and he's he's to me, he's just much more calm, much more relaxed, and you can tell matured. He has matured tremendously also. Dana Dimmel, the minors head coach, compared him to uh Frank
0: Harris, who another like seventh year player who's at UTSA. Um, just very athletic player and kind of has come into his own as a passer right. uh, in the latter portion of his career. Obviously, with the Rich Rod offense, the run the, you know, the 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 read option run game is always going to be huge. Do you see them? throwing maybe a little more than they did a year ago because it was almost it's I, I have to look at it again i don't have the exact number in front of me i think it was like a 60 40 split to so run like that.
2: So. I th- he wants to run the football you know you we'll split guys out you can call it a spread whatever you want to call it but yeah i, I you know he's gonna run the football Um, uh, and i don't know again we've got essentially four starters back up front on offense. We're not real big, but those guys have played together. Uh, Rick Trickett as our offensive line coach. Uh, for folks that may not know that name, uh, UTEP fans, he's been around. He's been at the lower level of college football to the best level. He's at Florida State, Auburn. He's been at Mississippi State. He's a West Virginia guy. I think he coached to West Virginia at one time as well. Uh, renowned for building – very good offensive lines, and he loves these guys, the four starters coming back, really does. Again, they're not that big, but they'll fight and they'll scrap, and uh, we'll start a, a redshirt freshman at, at one of the offensive tackle spots. So I don't know, again, uh, you know, based on what I know about uh, the minors, a lot of experience, very good up front defensively, and, I, I you know, can we line up and, and run the ball against them? We, You know, we may have to throw the little uh, the ball a little more in this opening game against them.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess that leads me into my next point. Is there a two-part question? What is one thing about Jacksonville State this year that you you have no worries is going to translate on the field at the FBS level? And maybe one thing that you're really worried about translating to the FBS level?
2: Not a whole lot of what I would term quality depth up front on defense. We're not real big defensively up front. That's one area that uh, the coaches will talk about all the time where we've got to get bigger up front and we don't have a whole lot of depth there, so we can't afford injury. So that to me is the concern there. And the same thing offensively, very little depth there at this point in time. going to have to develop it because um, we're going to play some true freshmen, as a matter of fact. I think we got a couple offensive linemen that will. I don't know if they're going to play in uh, the opening game here against UTEP, but I think they'll play some during the course of the season. So th- I think that's probably the biggest concern. Uh, another would be s- size and speed in the secondary. I don't know some of the folks that we'll see this year uh, at the back end of the defense. Uh, we've got some guys that can go, can run back there. I just don't know if we got uh, th- the number of folks we need back there in the back. And I don't, you know, as far as what I would like to think offensively because of what you know, having been in Rich Rod's system. And a, a second year there, I think that's got to help us some offensively. And look, he knows he can, he knows immediately if something's not right. It, you know, he knows where everybody's supposed to be, what they're supposed to do, obviously. And that's one thing about Zion Webb, I think that's better this year. He, he's got a better understanding and knows where everybody's supposed to be, what they're supposed to be doing as well. Obviously,
0: I think opening the season um, at home, I mean, it's, it's such a cool, uh, situation for the university right i mean you you get moved up to fbs and your first home game is on national television on zero week i mean you're gonna have some eyeballs on you how is the school kind of just um i guess maybe marketing that to fans um and i know from the utep perspective down here i mean they're worried about you know the the snake pit they think that they're going to be stepping into in terms of, uh, the atmosphere, on, on Saturday. So what do you kind of, what do you, what's your take on that as somebody who's, you know, seen a lot of Jacksonville state games over the years and knows that stadium.
2: Well, we've played in week zero before, in fact, three of the last four years for the last five, something like that for the last five, for the last six, uh, They started FCS kickoff game in Montgomery, Alabama, which is roughly two hours from our campus. So we've been in that game and on national TV there before. And we haven't been week in, week out, but we've had some national television games, you know, FCS with the playoffs, postseason play and whatnot. Uh, So from that standpoint, you know, our guys, I think have, I'm not sure that that's going to affect them with that, but now uh, from, you know, it's it's a history-making day at Jacksonville State, historic day. First game is an FBS program, and it also is a Conference USA game as well. So that's – I guess that's the the way we've marketed it like that from that standpoint. Uh, classes started uh, a week ago. Wednesday was when classes got started, so they've been on campus a little bit now. And the good thing for us, uh, you know, we have to fight, quite honestly, the, the folks in Tuscaloosa, University of Alabama, and down at Auburn. And we're basically sort of between the two campuses – uh tuscaloosa's hour and a half from campus auburn's an hour and a half to an hour 45 so they're not playing this weekend which will help us now if it wasn't going to be a heat index of about 105 to 110 yeah the walk-up crowd would be pretty good too and 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 that's part of our deal quite honestly you know we usually have the the walk-up crowd is what determines a lot of times you know if it's a good or a great crowd for us the difference between the two and I don't know if that might hurt us a little bit, and we got construction on, going on. Parking's going to be a disaster. I promise you we're in the process. We don't have a field house right now. It was torn down, and uh, uh, so the uh, west end zone, it, it's going to look uh, a little vacant there. I'll put it that way. A process building, a new field house, football operations center, and, and uh, probably an indoor, some type of indoor facility to go with that, so you got that going on as well, but I think it, you know, we should have a pretty good crowd and I think they'll be excited. And uh, I just, you know, the hope is that we can keep them there, you know, give them something to cheer about and they'll hang around till the end. Then, uh, this you guys average what 18,000 roughly fans last year right. at home yeah. games. Uh, so you know, I go back in, in my years at Jacksonville State, probably I never thought. In 2015, we hosted second round, quarterfinal round, semifinal round playoff games at our place. Uh, and we played Chattanooga in the second round. And, and uh, Chattanooga is roughly an hour 15 from campus, just across the state line from us, quite honestly, hour and a half at the most. Great crowd there. It was Thanksgiving weekend at that time, so the students were going home, but we had a great crowd. We come back the next week, we played Charleston Southern, Jamie Chadwell, who's now the head coach. Of, he was at Charleston Southern at that time. We had a Friday night game, ESPN Televisor, ESPN 2 that night, and uh, a terrific crowd. Alabama and Auburn were not playing that weekend as well. So we had a great crowd then. And then school ends. We come back and we play Sam Houston in the semis at our place. And it was a revenge game. Uh, we had lost to them previously. And, in, and, uh, in, um, I didn't know. Students were great. until I was shocked they'd gone home for Christmas, but they came back. Those three weekends, probably the best crowds back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the – well, in the 41 years that I've been at Jacksonville State or 40 years and in, the 41, greatest atmosphere. I mean, it, it felt great and wonderful at that time, you know, with roughly 20,000 people in the house. I just hope we can add to that, you know, and, and keep that going during the course of this season going to be interesting with the tuesday night games and wednesday night games to see how that works out yeah that's going to be interesting
0: everywhere and uh, utep and nmsu uh, are no strangers to kind of struggling with attendance um, themselves throughout the years so the sun bowl seats forty five thousand, 000 um, and i think for their i mean their home opener they've already sold twenty five thousand tickets for wow. incarnate word uh the following home game I think they've said they'd sold twenty-eight for UNLV. So but I mean those those of those types of games have been few and far between for for UTEP since I've covered the team since twenty eighteen. So
2: I guess I asked to be a, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement and anticipation from that side for the miners for this season too. Is that yeah, no,
0: they're certainly it's it's interesting because um last year they're coming off a bowl trip, um you know, seven and six season, and there were Really high expectations. I actually picked them to win eight games, which they've done, I think, five times ever or since 1967, something like that. Um, and kind of fell flat on their face, unfortunately, went five and seven. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think a bowl, anything but a bowl game this year would be a pretty big disappointment for them. I've really experienced, I've got th- over 300 starts across the entire, like, if you just look at the two deep, there's over 300 starts if you add all of them up. So, very experienced um, team. And I was going to ask you that. I mean, from your vantage point, you know, what is – what makes you the most nervous
2: for Jacksonville State about UTEP? Uh, well, experience on the offensive line and the size there, defensively. I know they lost a couple of guys there on the defensive side of the football, but they've got a lot of talent returning, a lot of experience there, and especially up front. Uh, that concerns me uh, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I'm interested to see. I have a sneaky suspicion of how they're probably going to attack, probably just line up and come right at us. And I don't know, you know, do we have enough to to, to slow them down? And, again, can we knock them off the football, I think, is the, is the other thing uh, from that standpoint from the Jacksonville State side of things. We, we have better wide receivers than we had last year. Okay. Uh, and a little more depth there. And I think that may play a key part as to you know if we can get Zion Webb and Logan Smothers is going to play some the number two guy, uh, he'll play some probably as well. Can we give them enough time to get set and throw the football? What do you think of Malik Jackson, the running back position? He obviously they're running the ball
0: sixty percent of the time. He's going to get a few looks. So what he's he's had a good
2: camp. He transferred from uh, Monroe. They knew about him uh, coming in. Rod Wiggins is a local kid from Jacksonville High School who is to. He is – he really, the last three, four weeks of the season last year, to me, took a giant step forward, and he has looked good. Again, practices I've seen in the scrimmages, he's looked very good in the fall camp, preseason camp. and I think he's a guy that could have a good year. All the running backs will probably play five, and they all look like – I mean, they're out of the same mold, 5'9", 5'10", and all of them about 195 to 205 or whatever like that. Uh, Anwar Lewis – has been hurt, but he got cleared Sunday and he hadn't had a whole lot of practice time, but I think he'll probably get some snaps in the game as well. What is,
0: I guess, you your take on what their ceiling might be for this year? I mean, is this a team that
2: should challenge for a bowl game this year or is is that maybe a year or two away? Uh, I think quite honestly, it's probably a year or so away. Now we're not, we're not eligible to participate in a bowl. I'm not sure if it's two years or just this year, quite honestly. That's I right, I that, did I forgot about that the only way we could go to a bowl is if, you know, we get the six FBS wins and they don't have enough teams to, to cover all the bowl games. We could petition the NCAA. I got no, you know, who knows how that would happen, but you could petition them and, and, and try to get a bowl, uh, bowl bid, bowl berth that way. So, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if six wins might be the, the high mark possibly. I don't know. Six, seven, I think we could go six and six, or even seven and five this year, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I would, you know, to me that would be an outstanding uh, first season in FBS football. Quite honestly, um, I guess yeah, I was looking at Phil Steele. It's funny
0: he project he projected anywhere from two to ten wins for Jacksonville State football, which is quite the uh, quite the range of of. Wins and losses
2: I, for well, Gabe Cox. I'll be quite honest with you. I've told people the same thing. I've said two to six actually, or two to okay. seven stops. I think it depends a lot of it will depend on the injuries, how healthy we stay, because again, uh uh concerns with depth across the board, both sides of the football. Uh now we've got a chance late, we've got a great kicker and uh excuse me, Alan Karaji. <clears throat> And uh, guy, so you know he's good from, I don't know fifty. He might go fifty five somewhere in that range. And a guy that's uh, has been tremendous, uh, terrific kicker, and didn't start playing football his senior year in high school. Played soccer up until then, but he's been outstanding and, and has developed last year to a great weapon for us. Gotcha.
0: Lastly, I'm gonna put you on the spot here and ask for some kind of prediction for Saturday, um, and what'll be? Uh, what I mean is it is it fair to call it? one of the f- five to 10 biggest home games that Jacksonville state has played, or have there been enough playoff games at the FCS level that maybe it's not as big?
2: Uh, you know, from the FCS, those three games we played in 15, you know, it, it could be, uh, uh, wow. That's a good question. I really hadn't thought about it that much in that standpoint. I don't know. Top five, probably top 10. And I don't know, depending on how the day goes and the crowd we have and whatnot, it, you know, it could jump up from there. Uh, I'm gonna go with my heart, I guess, is what I'm gonna tell you here. I, I just I think the line is one point. Is that correct? I think it's what I've seen maybe. I see
0: yeah, it's been bouncing back and forth between even and uh plus uh minors minus one
2: for the last okay. week or so. Uh I I will say the uh the good guys as I call it uh, Jacksonville State thirty one twenty eight. I'll go with that. We'll see how good I am on that. Yeah, I, I would expect nothing less from the Jacksonville State play by play guy
0: to pick, to pick the Gabe Cox to win. So,
2: anything else you want to add or uh, before we get out of here? Uh, the folks I've talked to out there, everybody's been great. Uh, I've been to El Paso once. We played in the Sun Bowl basketball tournament a few years back. Tell you, uh, in all my years of doing this and all my travels and every sport, that's easily top five. With a, we got treated wonderfully out there, wonderful hospitality. We played in the tournament. Uh, Tim Floyd was coaching at that time for the minors So uh, I look forward. To, I, I think we're back in basketball season out there, so i will be my next trip to to Utah. But uh, it, it's, you know, everybody in the league so far has, has been wonderful. I don't know how they feel about all these new teams coming in, but everybody's been great to this point in time. You guys saved the league, so I'm sure uh, if they <laughs> haven't if they haven't sent you you know an edible
0: arrangement, a basket or something, they should. So I have well, not met the commissioner, but I think she'll be there Saturday, is my understanding. Uh, yeah, I would I would bet so. That's a that's a pretty big one. So well, Mike Paris, thank you so much uh, for joining us here. Um, look thank forward you, Colin. to. Yeah, unfortunately, won't be in Jacksonville on Saturday, but when you come out here uh, for Utah basketball or NMSU basketball. I guess you'll be here for NMSC football too. So uh yeah. we'll have to we'll have to get together or something. Okay. So thank you for joining us you and uh, having this has been the Mind Shaft, a UTEP football podcast hosted by Colin Deaver and former Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Year Gavin Beckley. Of course, previewing Jacksonville State, we will be back with you following the game with a recap as well as a preview of next week's game versus Incarnate Word. Remember, you can find the Mind Shaft on all of your podcast applications from Spotify to apple podcast we are a part of the republic of football dave campbell's texas football podcast network we'll
2: see you next time